It is a Tuesday night, and we have the whole two hours together, and I think we have some pretty good stuff to do. Pretty good stuff to do on the 20th. It's the last day of spring, 2023. The hours are ticking away. Spring 23 is almost gone. And with it, the arrival of summer 2023. So on this evening's addition we're gonna do a little bit of the titanic updates that'll be in the beginning there also a little bit on the hunter biden laugh riot and then some reality-based topics i'm talking actual real really reality whether or not it's all simulation simulation theory is coming back tonight and because of an article I found on the Daily Mail, I start I started thinking about it, and it reminded me of it reminded me of some talks we've had in the past, and some some radio spots I've I've heard recently that uh, really got me going. And I I really want to throw it out to you guys. It's gonna mostly what got triggered in my mind was the movie Inception, and I want to throw some things out to you guys and gals, and we'll open up the lines mainly in the second half. And you'll have a couple of really great, rich topics to call in on. You can comment on whatever you want with the Hunter Biden thing. Uh, Whether or not you think that the Titanic expedition to find the, the people who are running out of precious oxygen now is everything that it uh, it seems to be, or if there's something else going on, is there something mysterious there? Is it the cover for a big treasure hunt? In which case, why even tell us? Could have just happened. Or something else. They find inner earth. Or is it really just a uh, uniquely horrible situation? You can call in on all that stuff. The number, write it down now so you're ready to, to rock and roll. It's 914-200-0269. 914-200-0269. Do not call now, though. Because that'll just get me really upset. That you are... In any way, shape, or form, wasting the time, you could be relaxing. And then I will get spiteful and not pick up the phone ever. So just write the number down and wait for your cue. And then we're going to have a good time. All right, last night's show was fantastic. I had a great... You know, it's very hard to juggle in a format like that with the two hours, the no breaks, and the, the big topics with more than one guest that aren't on, it's one thing to do a panel, but to have two separate guests pretty much restarting the show uh, twice with a small little intermission in between, uh, sometimes uh, the first half and the second half, they come out with different and unequal energy. But yeah, while our guests were different last night, the energy was fantastic, and I think that it was really earth earth-shaking in its own right. So it was great to have both Mickey Willis on and Forrest Moretti, and I hope to have them both back in, in whatever form we can get them in. So um, tonight, 
there is only you and I. So there's a lot more than two people. A lot more than two people. And I'd love, I'd love, love, love to get a lot of your calls in. So I'm not going to waste any more time. Let's just jump right into it. Thank you to my sponsors, BlueMonsterPrep.com and the wonderful affiliates that I have on the affiliates page on QuiteFrankly.tv. They are all of the promo codes are there, all of the little blurbs about what they do and um, and what they're about. Good friends of the show, all of them, and I'm hoping to make more in the future. Still, get on over the Blue Monster Prep because they have been uh, really holding up the show for a long, long time. Aside from the fact that the people who, for the for the majority of the support that the show has, it's all audience-driven. Blue Monster has been a business sponsor, um, head and shoulders above the rest because they've been around the longest, and and I think that uh, they really market themselves because we are in a time of uncertainty, and they really uh, check off most of the boxes that we got to get in in on there. But there's 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 plenty more outside of them on QuiteFrankly.tv. Check them out, and thank you again to everybody at home who is a sponsor of the show, even if it's just on a nightly basis. With through the super chats or anything like that it it's truly it's truly a crowdsourced operation and it continues to grow i'm very grateful and so is my family so let's get on into the thick of the grab bag the first one up is from the telegraph have you heard of something like this happening by you i have plenty of local stories local stories of children who are in classes who think that they're cats that the school is required by law now, or at least by um, by local uh, school district policy, to put kitty litter inside the classroom, or there's furries there. They 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 actually come in wearing costumes, and you have to call them by their cat name or their wolf name. It's it's sick shit. Well, here's a headline from the Telegraph: Pupil who questions classmates identifying as a cat called despicable by a teacher. Parents complain after recording emergence of teacher calling students homophobic and suggesting that they go to a different school. A Church of England school teacher told a pupil she was despicable after she refused to accept that her classmate identifies as a cat. Despicable. Despicable. The 13-year-old girl and her friend were reprimanded by their teacher at Rye College in East Sussex on Friday at the end of a year eight class on life education, in which they were told they can be who you want to be and how you identify is up to you. How sick is that shit? Go ahead, go balance your checkbook. Then again, who balances a checkbook anymore? The row which was which has infuriated parents has allegedly sparked by one of them asking a fellow pupil how can you identify as a cat when you're a girl their teacher told them that they were being reported to a senior leader and were no longer welcome at the school part of the aquinas trust a church of england network of 11 schools if they continue to express the view that only boys and girls exists they are genuinely unwell crazy the telegraph has heard a recording of the heated exchange taken by one of the pupils in which the teacher starts by saying how dare you you've just really upset someone by questioning their identity the pupil responded if they want to identify as a cat or something then they are genuinely unwell they're crazy it's true 
The teacher then asked the girls, where did you get this idea from that there are only two genders? Adding, it is not an opinion. Oh boy. Oh boy, they're all sick. They're all very, very sick. The teacher said that gender is not linked to the parts that you were born with. Gender is about how you identify, which is uh, what I said right from the beginning of this lesson. She added that there is actually three biological sexes because you can be born with male and female body parts or hormones. It's not that's not a sex. Intersex is not a sex. It's it's a it's a very rare genetic abnormality. Have you ever seen an intersex box on an application? There are lots of genders. There's transgender, there's agender who people who don't believe that they have a gender at all. They, okay, right there, if this was a sane world, this teacher would be put into a straitjacket right there in the class and rolled out like Hannibal Lecter on the dolly. Put a muzzle on her. I'm sure it's a her. I'm sure it's a woman or it, 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 one of those quizzling beast of burden men that really have no opinion whatsoever because they just love being slaves. The gimps that follow all the women around. So um, that's going on. That's in that's in the UK. Of course, we know what's happening over here. I know from firsthand accounts that's happening over here because I know people who have pulled their grandchildren out of schools. They've actually overridden their children on where their grandchildren are going to school when they when they were able to verify that kids were showing up and uh, and, and being provided litter boxes. So. Tell me that something's not in the water. Go ahead. Go ahead. Tell me something. Nothing. nothing. <laughs> Tell me something's not in the water. Hollywood actor admits he summoned Satan during filming and paid the price for it. Who the hell is this? Actor Damson Idris made a shocking revelation during an April 29th roundtable with his peers just about how far he once went for a role. While filming the final season of Snowfall, I don't know what that is, Idris recall the time when he called upon the devil to try to reach a dark place this last season i was sitting i was hitting a block and i was like i'm not doing it right the actor said so i went in a corner and i was looking at the wall and i was like come on devil come on devil come to me come to me idris added he soon started experiencing the consequences of his actions. The 31-year-old actor had nightmares for a month, which he believed was a direct result of the incident. Actor Kieran Culkin of Succession briefly interjected and asked about the timeline. Idris replied, I had nightmares every day, like I just felt, felt the energy, and I had to pray and do all this stuff like that to get rid of it. You know, you call your mom and you're like, bring me back to life. That stuff is real. That stuff really is real, he concluded. Idris did not state the particular episode when it occurred, only that, quote, I had to do something like crazy for the scene. He was shooting the final season for the FX drama series Snowfall, which ended in April and dealt with the crack cocaine epidemic during that, which deals, deals with the crack cocaine epidemic during the 1980s in Los Angeles. Legendary actor Jeff Bridges was also part of the panel and commented how Idris prayed after his experience. Quote, you were talking about praying. I'll pray before a big scene, Bridges stated. Although he stopped short of saying he prayed to God. 
Other actors on the panel, including Michael Imperioli of The Sopranos fame and White Lotus, Pedro Pascal of The Last of Us and The Mandalorian, and Evan Peters of the Netflix miniseries about serial killer Jeffrey Dahmer. Oh. The Hollywood Reporter holds a series of roundtables each year, bringing together individuals in the entertainment industry for discussion about their craft. And there you go. Their craft is dark sometimes. Well, I mean, we, we learned about that. The, the witches, the people who were putting hexes on people in, in the media around 2016, 2017, right after Trump was elected. And we started learning just about how crazy people are because then we started, we started seeing all of the witches in the covens in Brooklyn getting together to put a hex on Donald Trump, to put a hex on Jeff Sessions, all of his appointments, all of his judge picks. We actually, and, and this is where we started seeing that there was a really a, a huge rise in witchcraft which we knew what was happening. We knew what was going on in the culture, what had been nurtured for so long. Um, I don't know. We Human beings have a tendency to worship. We always worship. And when you pull us away from one thing, we'll find something else to worship. And, um, and, all, and, and witchcraft is all a craze. Of course, they denied it until Trump was, until Trump was elected, and then it was all hands on deck. Thank God for these witches in Brooklyn. Um... I actually want to see White Lotus, though. I, I like Michael Imperioli, and I've heard things about White Lotus, and, uh, you know, I can handle it, I'm sure, whatever the hell it is, but I want to see it, because I've, I've seen a few scenes, and the, the cinematography and things, I don't know, I want to see it. But, um, so maybe I'll have a, maybe I'll have a review for you on that in about five or six years, because I, I never sit down and watch anything. I don't watch anything. So I, gotta watch, I actually I have a list of things that's building at home. Got to watch this. Movies, series, all that stuff. A growing watch list on YouTube and other video sites. And uh, I, I just have no fucking time. No time. And when I sit down and watch things with Lauren, it's got to be very specific things. Because if it, if it has creepy piano music, she's not going to be able to go to sleep. So, uh, so many things that are dark, like Nefarious. I have not been able to watch Nefarious uh, yet. I just don't have that much alone time, which is not a bad thing. I'm just saying that as far as taking a chunk out of my my list, doesn't doesn't fare well for me. Uh, speaking of some weird things in Hollywood and all that, last night I read that Daily Mail article about the obs- observations being made with... Uh, Kanye West around his birthday, people in his Sunday services, the people in robes. Um, they said whether or not sushi was on autopsy trays. They're eating things off of off of naked women. What was this all about? I say, hey, want to know what you think? What do you think? Is the media just up to its own its own thing again? Is this just? I don't know. I got one message from the audience from Poopy actually. And he gave me some things to consider, and I want to throw this by you guys, too. So if you want to call in later on, here is a honorable mention topic you can you can contribute to. Poopy says, hey, Frank, I bartend. I work in uh, I work in back of the house kitchens all the time. Those are standard stainless steel kitchen tables the chefs work on. Uh, they wrote autopsy to get clicks. All right. So there you go. That's one thing I, I, I'll accept. As far as the hoods, I wouldn't expect Kanye to have traditional church outfits when he has one of the consistently hottest fashion lines in the world. Okay. So, I guess he's just taking 
taking some liberties with what everybody wears. I I think that some some nice slacks and a and a polo shirt would be good to go. To. Uh, let's see. Sushi on naked chicks is a Japanese thing that's been around for a while, and doesn't it say? And it doesn't it say that it was a surprise party? Of course, they're acting like he planned it. I don't know if it said it. I forget if if they said it was a surprise party. I just remember that they took note that his uh, his his children were there or whatever. So maybe maybe it was a surprise party. It's just like, oh, don't look at the, the naked woman with the with the uh, the tuna roll on on her nipples. But that's something, throwing that out there. Perhaps it is just the media trying to chip away at a guy who has kind of gone off their reservation. And um, there you have it. Okay. Let's go and let's take this one into the actual show now. That's it for the pre-show. Thank you guys and gals so much. Give me a hand and share these live links wherever you're watching right now with everybody you know. Tweet it tumble it doesn't matter to me thank you everybody one and all and we will be back in just a second all the main topics are still ahead of us won't you join us you let one ant stand up to us then they all might stand up those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's ride! So let's get right into it, shall we? Um, this just was announced today. We're talking about the whole Hunter Biden thing, wondering what's going to happen. We know that the Biden DOJ is looking into Hunter Biden. How far is this going to go? Oh, man, what integrity. What integrity to allow your own DOJ look into your son while maintaining, of course, that, no, he did nothing wrong. And um, and you, you certainly had nothing to do with any of it. And... Oh boy, the help, the help, the help that they got. Let's get into this. Um, this is one that was covered and broken down by Zero Hedge, and it goes a little something like this. Comment, commenting on Tucker Carlson's latest edition, I think it's his, his fifth episode that he put out there. Tucker Carlson savages Biden's over Hunter's slap on the wrist. For tax and gun crimes, Tucker Carlson savaged the 
Biden family on Tuesday, hours after it was announced that Hunter Biden would receive a slap on the wrist and would only be required to plead guilty to simple tax crimes and a gun charge, despite what many would say is obvious evidence that he's been acting as a foreign agent. Carlson noted how none of the charges have to do with influence peddling, including Hunter's alleged role as an international bagman for the Biden family, alleged of course, which included a $10 million payment from Burisma to Hunter and Joe Biden, according to an FBI source. Quote, investigators had identified payments to Biden family members from foreign companies while Joe Biden served as vice president and after he had left public office. So actually there was something there. It was a scandal, Carlson said. Racketeering, money laundering, wire fraud, those are some of the crimes that Biden seemed to have committed. Donald Trump had an idea. They'll hit Hunter with something small to make their strike on me look fair. Trump told, uh, wrote about that two weeks ago, said Carlson. And it turns out those were prescient words. This morning, Hunter Biden pleaded guilty to pretty much nothing. Biden pleaded to two misdemeanor tax evasion charges and then entered a diversion on a federal gun charge. That's it. As far as Merrick Garland's Justice Department is concerned, Hunter Biden is done. There was no pre-dawn raid carried out live simultaneously on CNN. There was no perp walk, no handcuffs, no press conference, nothing. Above all, there was no felony. Hunter Biden, who broke federal gun laws, can still carry a gun. It's like it all never happened. According to the Washington Post, Hunter, 53 years old, is expected to plead guilty to two misdemeanor tax charges of failure to pay in 2017 and 18 for a combined tax liability of roughly $1.2 million. And the fact that I got a, uh, I got threatened with penalties if I didn't, if I didn't pay off something, I don't know how they even made. I still don't understand where the, the extra $300 came from, but it was very important they got it from me. Very important, and important from you, too. He'll also admit to illegally possessing a weapon after his 2018 purchase of a handgun, which will likely result in a diversion program, which would result in the removal of the gun charge if all of the program's conditions are met. It's like a defensive driving course, I guess. The former Fox News host also noted how the White House was dismissed has dismissed the investigations as politically motivated and irrelevant to Joe Biden's presidency. He also questioned Hunter's source of income, highlighting his art sales book deal, which Carlson implied could be tied to money laundering and influence peddling. If you didn't know, this is a quote, what a virtuous person Hunter Biden was, you might think it looked a lot like money laundering, said Carlson, referring to an interview he gave to ABC in 2019. Two years after that interview, Hunter Biden was selling prints of his art, and to be clear, just the prints, not the art itself but effectively photocopies of it for $75,000 a pop. Now, that I didn't know. Apparently, Hunter Biden moved five of these repros in just days. That's $375,000 in less than a week for signed copies of your fake art. As for the paintings themselves, childish self-indulgent blots, those sold for half a million dollars a piece. I remember we were talking about that. That, it, uh, that Hunter Biden so what was somehow fetching more than a Picasso. So the question is, who bought them and why? It'd be interesting to know. There's a story there for sure. But of course, we have no right to know. And that's where, and that's where we are. Um, and that's where we are.
that's really it. So, I mean, I, I don't know what anybody really expected out of that. I didn't expect much of anything else. It's a funny thing because, you know, you, you if you read through any of the Marco Polo stuff, discover nearly 500 crimes, sex, drug, business crimes. Um, it, it looks like he's going to be able to plead to a couple of misdemeanors. He, ha- he has. But the big thing is that he's isolated himself from his father, who, of course, was not in business with him. He wasn't using tax dollars to strong-arm governments on Hunter's behalf. None of that was going on. And he, he didn't lie about it the entire way. That has been... I mean, the, the fact that they were lying about this even being a thing is 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 now public record. So it's just one ounce of flesh, and now the Brooklyn dads out there and the Stephen Kings to get to say, you know what, I'm totally fine with Hunter being charged because no one is above the law. Um and nothing's lost. That's the whole thing. Nothing was lost. But they'll take it because they know what game is being played and they love being on the side of the jackboots. They love it. They absolutely love it. Uh, <clears throat> now, over here, on the Titanic end of things, on the Titanic end of things, I want to bring up a few other situations, uh, a few other uh, bits of information because really what it comes down to is I think Thursday, if they don't find this submarine that went under to, to the wreckage of the Titanic, it's done. They're running out of time, and the time it takes to actually ascend is um, is is starting to work against them as well. If they're even there, if they're even still alive at this point, who knows what happened? If they, if they're, but what I learned about the the kind of pressure that's on that's that really exists down there at the bottom of the ocean where the Titanic is, you're talking about thousands of pounds of pressure per square inch. That If there was a pinhole anywhere in this thing, the, the, the crush would be instantaneous. Um, you would just be blotted out. There'd be nothing left. There'd be nothing else going on there. Titanic sub, this is from The Guardian. Joe Biden watching the search closely. Oh, good. That's good. He's he's in the Oval Office just watching it, making sure that he can give all the help he can as the vessel's oxygen supply dwindles. According to the U.S. Coast Guard, several more vessels will be joining the search. The, US, uh, the U.S.'s Sycamore ship, as well as the Canadian John Cabot, and French research vessel with the exploration robot will be joining the search. Meanwhile, the five people on board the submersible that went missing have le- have less than 40 hours of breathable air left, according to the Coast Guard. I read that they are searching a, an area on the of the ocean that is bigger than the state of Connecticut. Pretty much in the dark with nothing but sonar and, and radar on their side at this point. The Titan submersible is not classed... According to normal industry standards, a 2019 post on owner, o- owner OceanGate's website says the company's justification for operating the submersible despite falling outside regular industry safety regulations is innovation. I would never. I would see. I wouldn't get into a submarine as it is. But I definitely would not get into one that is outside of regular industry safety regulations because there's going something is being innovated. You can innovate with a with a monkey inside of there if you want. Innovate with a robot. Just no way. When OceanGate was founded, the goal was to pursue the highest reasonable level of innovation in this in the design and operation 
of manned submersibles. By definition, innovation is outside of an already accepted uh, system. However, this does not mean that OceanGate does not meet standards where they apply, but it does mean that innovation often falls outside the existing industry paradigm, the post on the website reads. According to Lloyd Register, Lloyd's Register, a company that specializes in engineering and technology for the maritime industry, classification for submersibles is, quote, conditional upon strict observation of the restrictions imposed on service operation and upon the proper maintenance of the submersible or chamber and identified ancillary equipment, which is required to comply with the rules. Now, two hours ago, the New York Air National Guard is now assisting with the search and rescue. Governor Kathy Hochul announced on Tuesday afternoon. Hochul said, The women and men of New York Air National Guard are always ready to lend a helping hand. I commend the members of the 106th Rescue Wing for their efforts to assist the U.S. Coast Guard in the search and rescue operation, she said through her beaver teeth. The 106th Rescue Wing, based in West Hampton Beach on Long Island, is now part of the joint operation in the Atlantic to locate the missing sub before oxygen runs out. As of Tuesday afternoon, the Coast Guard estimated there are 40 hours of breathable air. So, not a lot of time. You're going to need at least nine hours of those to be able to come back up. Dad, I don't know. I don't know. What do you think? What do you think the chances are? What do you think the chances are? There's a little bit more, though. You tell me if this was an accident waiting to happen. Take a look at this one-minute-long video that's been going around, a few of them, about how this thing was put together, the kind of technology that's being used. I mean, this thing has almost nothing on it, and it's being controlled by, you'll see. Service an experimental submersible vessel that has not been approved or certified by any regulatory body and could result in physical injury, disability, emotional trauma, or death. Where do I sign? Oh, take your shoes off. That's customary. Okay. Wow. Inside, the sub has about as much room as a minivan. So this is not your grandfather's submersible. <laughs> we only have one button. That's it. It should be like an elevator. You know, it shouldn't take a lot of skill. The Titan is the only five-person sub in the world that can reach Titanic depths, 2.4 miles below the sea. It's also the only one with a toilet, sort of. And yet, I couldn't help noticing how many pieces of this sub seemed improvised. We can use these off-the-shelf components. I got these from uh, Camper World. We run the whole thing with this game controller. <laughs> Come on! It seems like... The, yes. A game controller. So he's getting uh, discount pieces of, of equipment somewhere. I don't know, tag sales or something. I, I just don't like the way that it's being described. Perhaps it's all legitimate stuff. I just don't like the way it's being described. And then he pulls out, he pulls out the PlayStation controller. He pulls out the PlayStation controller. It's got one button. And that's it. Yeah, so we run the sub with this game controller. Uh, it's uh, made by Logitech, but it's basically a Sony PlayStation-style controller. If you want to go forward, you press forward. If you want to go back, you press back. You want to turn to the left, it's like that. You want to turn to the right, you turn to the right. <laughs> so, I hate to... 
I, what do you think? Would you ever get into a fucking thing like that? Especially if you have the money, why wouldn't you go, why would you do something legit? So I don't know, everybody has some 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 thoughts on this, why, uh, you know, it, it's just a, a gamble that seems to have gone terribly wrong, has gone terribly wrong, unless of course they've found um, the passage to the upside down, inner earth, or they're doing some kind of secret mission, and this is all just a wag the dog kind of a thing, which again, if it is, then you can just go in your submersible and nobody would ever know. Um, but hell no. And of course, the worst thing about it, the lunatics on the surface of the earth are the worst. Yeah, they're either, I mean, th- there's people who would just see this and they're praying for other human beings who, as I said before, are in a uniquely horrible situation. But then you have everybody else who's mocking them for being rich and wanting to pursue dangerous activities, which, hey, you know, I get it. I get it. There's a lot of things I wouldn't do. Um, but doesn't, I mean, doesn't mean that we don't need adventurers. I mean, we had this conversation. We had this as a show topic a few Fridays ago about those who would go off into the world, you know, the, the topic of the movie Troy and Achilles. We need the adventurers. You want to go climb K2? That's fine. You want to dive the Mariana Trench? That's fine. It's, it, uh, but it's going to come with risks. Uh, but to mock and the fact that they're, it's really because they're wealthy. It's really because they're wealthy. And it's so much jealous, seething, vampiric rage. It's just palpable. You can see it coming through the, the computer screen or, or the, uh, the phone, whatever the hell you're, you're using. So it's probably more dangerous, as we all know, to walk through certain neighborhoods at night in this country than it is getting into a submarine. Uh, maybe, maybe even more dangerous than a submarine controlled by a PlayStation controller. I know personally I wouldn't be able to handle it. But, you know, thank God for the adventurers in the world. And these people, I am certain, I'm certain would be more than happy to pay back every last cent that was spent to save them. You're talking about billionaires in, uh, in a submersible minivan. You think that they wouldn't, they wouldn't pay back everything? I think so. And then, oh, then you have the other category of nuts who are just perturbed as to why the submarine of wealthy white people is getting more attention than refugees. So that's just, that's where everybody is. Anyway, do you think that they're faking death? If so, why? Because whenever something washes over the media and grips any portion of readers by, uh, it, with this kind of a strength, especially one that has a a countdown. I mean, there's tension that's building right now. We are counting down to 40 hours. A lot of people think it's not possible. But what if we're given a miraculous rescue right here in the middle of 2023? What the hell is that going to do for us? So I want to know what you think is going on here. Uh, All of that is separate from what's actually, um, you know, what, what do you think? Is it actually what's going on or is there more? All right, we'll take a really quick break. Then we come back and we're talking about reality. We're talking about the simulation. And I think, I think you guys are going to like this one too. One hell of a show lined up. Don't go anywhere.
Tos, the fresh maker. Okay, so here's what we got now. Welcome back. Welcome back. Remember, you can send any of, any of your thoughts about all of these topics as they're hitting you. You can send them in through Super Chats, quite frankly, superchat.com. If you're watching on quitefrankly.tv, which is the hub of all things quite frankly, then you can send in those gold pills. And then there is the Rumble Rants, which is so convenient, and now you can send them through a mobile app as well. So go ahead and, and contribute to the show with your thoughts and with your nightly sponsorship. All right, here we go. This is from the Daily Mail and it got me thinking. It got me thinking, here is the headline. Exclusive from VR lenses to AI telepathy. Here are 10 tech breakthroughs predicted to change our lives this century, according to experts and imagined by AI. The world has embarked on new era of exciting technologies and experts reveal how augmented reality, robotics, artificial intelligence are poised to change our daily lives in almost unimaginable ways. Mike Rhodes, CEO and founder of Consult My App, Consult My Ass, that would be my company, Consult My Ass, told DailyMail.com that he predicts contact lenses will display information on our eyes. AR will merge our reality with the digital world, that's augmented reality, with a digital world, and AI will help us speak to each other tele- uh, telepathically. Which, of course, it wouldn't be telepathically. With the PwC predicting that artificial intelligence could add $15.7 trillion to the global economy by 2030, there's that number again. More than the output of China and India combined, we are on the verge of the biggest technological transformation in history. DailyMail.com took Rhodes' ideas, among others, and brought them to life using the popular AI art generator Midjourney to create images of what these technological breakthroughs might look like. And they said, one, people will wear AR contact lenses. Augmented reality contact lenses will be in, will uh, enable people to explore digital worlds. Experts predict the devices will display the same information as our current phones, but right there over your eye. Instead of carrying smartphones, people will use AI contact lenses to, to display information they get from their phones now. AI will also enable us to be telepathic. There you go. It's Star Trek. According to Dr. Claire Walsh, Director of Education at the Institute of Analytics, artificial intelligence will enable machines to peer inside of our minds and could make humans telepathic. Quote, 
Mind reading may no longer be a thing of science fiction. Researchers have already trained ChatGPT-1 to translate MRI imagery into a textual description of an image that a person is looking at or a scene that is unfolding in front of the person's eyes, Dr. Walsh said. The good news is that MRI scanners are not portable, and so it is unlikely that anyone will read your mind without your being aware anytime soon. Wait, how would an MRI machine, even with the help of a artificial intelligence, I, I don't know, chat generator, be able to actually pull images and thoughts from a person's mind? Uh, you know, it's one thing to, to be able to describe what's going on inside of a person's elbow but that does that I don't understand. Midjourney creates images showing unique uh, headsets with AI that beam thoughts between people. You know what am I hell? What the hell am I even talking about? Well, I, I guess what I'm looking for is clarity. We've heard this from people at from generals at West Point talking about how they have been able to trans transmit memories and thoughts over not only you know between people wearing headsets in the same room. They've been able to transmit thoughts and implant memories over vast distances. So of course it's, it's possible. I'm just, uh, I'm looking for details whenever I see something like this. We will have digital doppelgangers to improve our health. Digital doppelgangers. You know that the, the real thing about doppelgangers is that they, um, they're, they're usually the opposite, they're evil the evil version of you. Then again, some, some of you might have nice versions of yourself out there, in which case we would want them to stick around and be nice. In industry, digital twins are simulations of real-world objects fed with data. For example, a digital twin of wind turbine offers engineers the chance to diagnose problems without visiting the site. But in the future, we might have digital twins of our own bodies, 3D models with... Uh, which pulse with our real health data, according to researchers at NTT Research. The biodigital twin might offer doctors the chance to see how a patient would respond to drugs before prescribing them. Chris Shaw, chief marketing officer, NTT Research uh, Incorporated, said that NTT is trying to build a model of the human body, but tuning that generic model to create an individual twin, a digital twin, will involve complex breakthroughs in data and mathematics and it will also take time, decades, for full realization of this project's potential. But the fundamental research being performed today will save lives tomorrow with the biodigital twin rewriting our understanding and administration of precise medicine. Sounds like it's going to be a tulpa machine. Each of us will have an AI butler. No more Siri to abuse, an actual butler, they say. Butlers will live in our homes to adhere to our daily needs. They're going to give us all of our drugs, all that stuff. Advances in AI will see humans becoming reliant on AI servants who will remind them to prepare meals, to help hit workout goals, to stay on top of their work schedule, says Martin Kramer. Security awareness advocates know before. You know what's going to happen? People are going to start. There's going to be, there's going to be rights. There's going to be very, very distinct rights legal rights that these butlers are going to have. So if you flash your genitals at the butler, which I definitely would, <laughs> I mean, come on, you wouldn't. Um, if you flash your genitals at the, at the butler, I bet you any money that in about 50 to 75 years, you could face sexual harassment charges. 
let's see here. Kramer says we will see intelligent, uh, intelligent personal assistants that can solve complex tasks like complete route planning and scheduling. Advances in artificial general intelligence sometime between 2030 and 2050 will make this possible. And then you have this, another one. People will swallow digital pills to pre-diagnose illness. We already know about this. In the near future, people will swallow digital sensors to diagnose conditions before they affect them. Building on today's trend for health monitoring wearables, startups such as Celsius already offer health wearables. Celsius's wristband detects hot flushes, I guess hot flashes, and cools, cools the wearer down. How the hell do you cool? How does a watch cool somebody down? I don't get that. But in the future, people might swallow a digital pill with ingestible sensors to get pre-warned of conditions that might affect them. Well, yeah, they were talking about implants. The, uh, the Pentagon was working on implants. We got a little bit of a preview of this during COVID. During the lockdowns, that the Pentagon was working on implants that would be able to stay in your system and monitor a person's viral load 24-7 a day. 24-7. 24 hours a day. So we got this straight from the Pentagon. So, uh, yeah, swallowing digital pills, I'm sure that that's a part of it. It's called passive diagnosis, where conditions are diagnosed before they affect patients. See? Your viral load is, is rising. Don't take the eye pill. People will replace body parts with robotics, like Anakin Skywalker. People will, will use anti-aging drugs and replacement body parts to defeat aging, said uh, Michelle Dand, head of fitness products at David Lloyd Clubs. Ta- talking humanoid robots will be everywhere. This is within a, a, a century, they say. The digi-dog thing is going to be like, oh, you remember the digi-dogs? Robots will take over the manual and even caring roles. You know, I, I might actually want a robot to care for me more than some of the uh, the nurses in, in these uh, these nursing homes. What I've seen, holy shit, it is a miracle when you get a good one, and they are they are gifts from God. Talking humanoid robots will rapidly become common, driven partly by recent AI breakthroughs such as ChatGPT, says futurist Bernard Marr, author of Future Skills, the twenty skills and com- com- uh, competencies. Everyone needs to succeed in a digital world. They will work in everything from construction to caring professionals. Mars said the machines will contribute to human society in ways we cannot yet imagine. It's iRobot. The babblefish will become reality. People can talk to anyone anywhere on Earth in any language in real time, said Liz Hawk, product manager. Brain implants will permit people to talk to each other instantly in a development of today's unified communications. Hawk said, if you're familiar with the Babelfish in The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, a classic sci-fi film, you'll know how it allowed for near-perfect communication with a myriad of alien species. So you'll be able to talk. Um, in whatever language, and they'll be able to hear it in whatever language and back and forth. AI stockbrokers will predict the future. If you read our our Mind War blog on quitefrankly.tv, it actually ends with a little bit about how artificial intelligence and uh, automated feedback loops, digital feedback loops, are actually what is 
driving the stock market already. Take a look at that. The internet will be a 3D world. And this is the big one. It'll become so powerful, it'll display information in a 3D changing, in 3D changing how we explore the world. Instead of a flat internet visited through smartphones, we'll all have 3D avatars, which we're able to explore everything from shopping to entertainment, says Simon Windsor, founder of NFT Project and Virtual World. Um, Metashima, a co-founder of the virtual product studio Dimension. And there you have it. Most people online have digital profile of some sort, and that is normally all 2D imagery, video, and text. Think of the likes of Instagram and TikTok. The point of the metaverse is that it's a virtual universe where you can access all of the value of the internet, but in a three-dimensional way, and you can do it with new opportunities in mind and new ways to experience things like entertainment. But I believe that this major shift from experiencing the content in 3D rather than 2D will start with our virtual identities. And most of our food will be grown in labs. And that's the, uh, that's the end of it. Artificial meat has already made headlines. But yeah, it's tanking. But that doesn't mean that they're going to stop. Now, why did I bring all this up? A, it's a collection of things that we, we've discussed as individual items throughout the, the months and even the years. But it made me think about simulation theory, especially when it starts talking about the internet being a 3D place, immersive worlds, all of this stuff. Anything that we're starting to augment reality and starting to really assimilate ourselves into this technical singularity. Now, I understand. I understand, oh, not going to be me over my dead body. No way. I understand that none of us would ever give ourselves over to this. But it does not mean that, um, I mean, we're talking about people who play the long game and look at how far we've already come. And that has been with very little pushback. Now, simulation theory has popped up on this show quite a few times, and I started thinking about it again when I was reading through this. Um, it's not necessarily that we always started out, the, the theory itself is not necessarily that we always started out as a computer program, because even that begs the question, who's the programmer and who created the programmer? But um, I was listening to a, an episode of Midnight in the Desert a while ago, and I went to go look for it again. It was with a, a guest, Jim Elv Elvidge. Jim Elvidge. And it was from November of 2015. In fact, I gave the link to Cody and Abe on the on the network side of things, and I think I, I told them, hey, if you want to play this after the show on Tuesday night, I'm going to be referencing it, so you can go and listen to it. But uh, Jim Elvidge was talking about simulation theory on Midnight in the Desert, and he was discussing the work of philosopher um, Nick Bostrom, now I went and I went and looked into him, some of his published works. I didn't read any because it's just been this is all just recently making connections. But he does have TED talks out there, and there are uh, plenty of articles about his work. So I was able to look into this here too. And um, Nick Bostrom he published a lot about this, and uh, and he said that there's a couple of distinct possibilities. I wrote a few of this, these things down. He said assuming that we get to the point where we are creating simulations that are indistinguishable from reality once we have been immersed in these worlds and elsewhere. Assuming that we get to that point, and once we get to that point, people will have the ability to create millions of different simulations. 
number one, given that we are already at that point and we're going to get to that point, and at that point we'll create these millions of different simulations because it'll be an individual experience and in many ways, I'm sure there'll be bleed over and all that stuff, but what are the odds once we get to that point? What are the odds that we are actually 20 years prior to that versus that we're in one of those millions of simulations? And he concludes that the odds are small. Like for example, right now, are we in a simulation based on what has been achieved 20 years prior to now, like what, what, what that's that's the first thing, that's number one. Number two is that we don't actually get there because we destroy ourselves before we reach that state, or we just consciously not pursue these technologies, which, as we all know, is just not on the table. Everything that we should not pursue, we do on the genetic standpoint, from the nanotechnology standpoint, AI, all that. We run right into the jaws of chaos, we just do it. So my question to you, ladies and gentlemen, not only uh, whether or not you uh, whether or not you have any kind of any real thoughts about about simulation theory and and all this stuff, especially as we get closer and closer to merging human beings with a a network that would make it harder and harder to discern what is real, where we are, and what life outside of that matrix would be or was. How would you test reality? In the Matrix, there are glitches. Like in the movie, The Matrix, there are glitches. Like the, the black cat that runs by twice. There's glitches like that. That you can you can see the ripple effect inside the Matrix. You can see how it really is just a program. Um, we have deja vu. I know some people have explained what deja vu is. It's still a pretty, pretty magical and frightening experience to make. Very curious. But if you've ever watched the movie Inception... Um, then you remember how they used totems, totems to test whether or not they were in the real world or if they were in the dream. Now, they, the totems were all uh, specially modified. They had specially modified qualities that made them very personal to each person using them. And when the dream of someone who doesn't know the totem or it's at characteristics, the characteristics will be off of the totem if it's, uh, if it's someone who doesn't you know, really know it. Um, the other way, for example, with with Leonardo DiCaprio's character in the movie Inception, he had the spinning top, and he knew that he was in the dream if the spinning top never stopped spinning, if it just kept going, and and that's how you knew, that's how you knew, he was in the dream if the top would just never stop spinning, if it never fell over and had to be reset. So falling over was an example of okay, I'm in the real world again, and then. Um, and then finally he gets home at the end and that dream that dream he has of being reunited with his children and the top spins and he doesn't wait to see whether or not it falls or not he just runs toward them and it looks like the top is about to fall I think it did but then I don't know the movie just ends in a very Sopranos kind of a way um, still has people debating the end of Inception did the top fall was he actually with his children or was it just a dream was it a simulation and ultimately I guess the message that is most easily accessible to the viewer when they watch that film is that a perfect life or life just in general can be indistinguishable from a dream. But I want to know for you, what is your totem? All right, we're going to take a break right now, a couple of minutes earlier before the break. We're going to do the intermission a little bit early so we can have extra time with your calls. What is your totem? How would you test reality to prove you are not in a matrix? 
definitively. Okay? So that's what we're going to do when we come back. You got that. You've got the Titanic theories and whatever else. But I think those two are pretty solid. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back with your super chats, your calls, and whatever extras we have tonight. It's intermission time, folks. Time out to press the like button. Thank you. Welcome to intermission. We'll, we'll be right back. Quite frankly. 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 Quite Plenty to sink our teeth into tonight, and I, I, I really hope that you get your theories together and you um, you call in and you blow everybody's minds. That's what I'm looking for right now. Some, some fun, some good old exercises. What is your totem? How would you test reality to prove that you're not in the matrix? And what do you think about the, the simulation theory from that standpoint? Because, listen, I don't find, and, um, I don't find any fault with it. I, you know, when I first started hearing about this, what do you think about simulation theory? That this is all just a computer generated, you know, it's like the Matrix. And I was always like, no, 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 no. If what, from the beginning? Like, from the beginning of time, this has all just been, all right, well, if that's the case, then we're still, we need to talk about who the programmer is, who created the programmer, and what we're doing, what are we doing inside of the program? Are we stating, are we in that kind of, that stasis inside of the the pink slime somewhere generating power so for some kind of a nuclear war destroyed surface earth or i, I don't know the, the 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 our creations reign supreme over the earth i don't know either way there's a bigger reality a physical reality that would exist beyond the digital and i would want to know 
I would want to start talking about what's beyond that digital curtain. But the idea of the simulation theory being where we're going now on this technological path and how reality is getting augmented and we're being sucked into these virtual worlds, what happens when it is so immersive? Right now, it's it's hilarious to think about it because when you think about the metaverse, you're thinking about fucking uh, Mark Zuckerberg's uh, you know bobblehead floating around like it's a Nintendo Wii and everything just looks like it's like, you know, Nintendo Wii bowling. You know, everybody's just bouncing around. They look like little balloons. That That's ridiculous. But as far as immersive, immersive media, where, where the lines are really starting to get blurred, at that point, at that point, it's, it's good to, to wonder. It's good to wonder, where are we? Where are we? Um, you know, I, uh, I think about things, I, I, I think it really, um, it relates a little bit more to time travel theories too, about linear time travel, how that doesn't work too much. Now nah, we'll talk about it. I will talk about it. I want to get some calls in 914-200-0269. We are very, very close to being able to start taking calls on the gilded like we used to do with the discord again, but we ran into um, a, a snag last week and we have to work through some of those those settings first one up is from stostube said frank franklies franciscans hello 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 great tuesday greater independent media thank you sir thank you so much on the rumble rants we've got dragonfly sister says hey frank lt and andy and and we know played a video of roseanne Barr talking truth he reached out to anybody who might know how to reach her he wants to interview her thought of you well, I don't know what to say. I can't give her her number out or anything like that. So I, I wish I could help. Uh, let's see here. Let's take a call. Hey, Nathan, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Nathan, what are you doing? I'm watching your show. Oh yeah, how you feeling? Ah, uh, you know, long day at work. Long day at work. What do you do? I'm an IT guy. How do you know if you're an IT guy, Nathan? What if you are just a simulation of an IT guy? Um, it's the only thing I'm good at. Okay. So no, I think like all the different stuff going on, the uh, disclosure stuff that's coming out, and uh, your recent talks with I forget his name, the guy that Nathan any, talks any, about aliens. Any chance what? that you can you can you can speak up just a little bit? Yeah, there Sorry. you go. Can All you right. hear me better now? I can hear you a lot better. Okay, go ahead. So disclosure, go ahead. So disclosure, Skinwalker Ranch, the one guy that talks about um, biblical angels and stuff. I would say that the simulation theory seems more pertinent or more closer to reality now than ever because of uh, the quantum uh, brainwave theory and how aliens are communicating using quantum theory. Uh, you know, do you, do you want to elaborate on that? Because I can I can riff on it a little bit and, and expand on that myself, and I, I think that, that that's a pretty interesting thought. So, um, sorry. Not used to talking to people and used to being quiet. That's all right. 
Um, so if, uh, if quantum theory where people are a quantum construct inside their minds in the way that communication is being done throughout the universe using quantum theory and people can cause reactions in different locations using quantum reactions, um, why wouldn't there be a uh, God that created a dream and tested us all inside of it? So you're talking about a, 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 almost like a, but you're not talking about a, a, a digital system. You're talking about you know testing us with inside of the dream of, of an almighty creator. Right. Uh, so you're not talking about there being a a massive a massive actual digital matrix that we are just playing a role through avatars and all that stuff. You're talking. About, I understand. Yeah, it, it's an interesting thing there, and I I want to expand on it a little bit, Nathan. Thank you for the call because hopefully we can get more people to to just add to this snowball as it's rolling downhill. But my 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 thing here is um, going forward. When you have a, um, I don't know, when, when you think about this, this situation where you're going into something that's starting to strip away your ability to really get what is going on, that is where I see the danger. I never gave it any thought. I've heard about that. What if we're all just a dream? What if somebody's dreaming all this up? Well, even if somebody was dreaming all this up, how do we all get the autonomy? Uh, am I really am I really just talking to myself right now and everybody that's watching at home I've made up? Because if that's the case, I would have made up an audience in the tens of millions and have it just be so. And I would never have anybody argue with me. <laughs> that's for one. Uh, I, the things that I, I find so difficult that I've had to grow and work on and stuff, they, they'd never be that. So the the... the, the the ability to be autonomous is something that is already, I, I believe, pretty, um, pretty interesting, and I think that that is a a starter, a starting point that I think we could all use as a metric for what is real, what is just a simulation, and how alone we really are. I don't think so, but I do think that we have an ability. We are racing toward a point where it is a lot easier to lose that that feeling there. Um, how many people on on Twitter every day and, and and everywhere because there are other other platforms that are far worse with the spam and the AI and the bots than Twitter is. I mean, they've got it on every image board, message board on uh, in the world. And the more busy the the website, the heavier the AI presence is at this point. You know how often people probably strike up relationships. With things that are not real at this point, I, I mean, it, it's it's probably more off the more uh, uh, I don't know more common than we think. Nine one four two hundred o two six nine. Let's take a call. What's going on, caller? You're on the air. Uh, hello. Hello. Yes, eight six five. A guy here. You are you on speakerphone? By the way. Uh, I'm I'm trying to pause on my electronics here, but. No, so, okay, I found something really cool. I'm like, uh, I go on Google Earth a lot, right? Uh-huh. 
And uh, I found this way to where I can, like, go inside of mountains. And, like, uh, with the, the GPR systems that they have on Google Earth, you know, it kind of it detects uh, anomalies and it detects voids. So I live in the mountains of Tennessee. And, you know, and I went with, like, everything that I've ever heard, like my whole entire life of mountains around here. And there's a way that you have to have a gaming mouse. If you plug up your gaming mouse and then go to Google Earth, you can actually, like, go inside these mountains, and there's, like, these tunnels. Like, I found, like, a whole bunch of tunnel systems, like, up underneath the mountain. And then when you look on the shadows, the shadows even look like, it looks like aliens that have, like, three humps on their head. They wear, like, long black cloaks. Uh, they're a grayish skin color. And their head has like three lumps on. So you're saying that you went, you, you went on Google, you, know, you went on Google Earth, and Google Earth allowed you to go into mountain tunnels where there are aliens. Okay, well, like you can test it out first. Like go somewhere where you know, like a public cave is, or you can like like get down really low and like go inside of a house or a building. And when you go inside, you can see the structure of, you know, it being like a, a building with the void inside. So some mountains, there's not any voids. But some mountains, if you go to the right mountains, and when you go all the way down to the ground, you'll notice that the pixels of the rocks has like a, you can like look through it. Okay. Like down through the ground. All right. So what's the, so I, I, I hate to speed you along, but what what's so, uh, aside from Google putting these Easter eggs into there for people to, find obviously what what's what did you want to bring up is this part of the the, the matrix talk or i'm just trying to see how it connects it is just you know what the whole inner earth theory or the whole flat earth theory it's like i don't know if that stuff on google earth is like legit or not but i know like i've went to like places where i live at that i know is real and the landscape and everything is real and like i went to cave systems that i know actually is exist and so it's like when you go down under the google earth map and you like see all these strange tunnels like there's even one spot that looks like it has like an elevator that like goes like deep down inside the earth and then like it opens up to all these tunnel systems i just think it's crazy i was just trying to get the word out there so other people can try and see for themselves that well I, maybe everything that everybody is talking about is it's not aliens from space that it's actually aliens from inner earth uh well there's been plenty uh, thank you for the call uh out there in tennessee there's been plenty of theories about about what's going on underground undersea but you're talking about google earth i mean uh, Google has mapped so much of the world. There are anomalies people have found that are, you know, downed, you know, planes under the water that are in shallow, shallow water. They've seen that. There's so many anomalies that are captured on Google Earth. And uh, and any anything that's going to allow you to, to go into tunnels and see underground elevators. And I mean, that stuff that is given to you by Google, that's not like a, I would not put a lot of faith into that being a, a discovery or any kind of a disclosure or anything like that. There, I mean, it's, it's always fun to, to pal around with Google Earth. I, I actually should do it more often on the show, but um, I don't know. I, I wouldn't go too nuts with, with oh, I found something huge because, um, yeah, I don't know. 
There's just a little, just a little bit, a little bit too little there. Let me see here. Five five one. You're on the air. What do you think? What is your totem? How how would you test reality to prove you're not in a matrix? Frank, how you doing, buddy? It's Frank from New Jersey. What's going on, Frank? Good to hear from you. Always a pleasure. Well, my whole thing with the simulation theory, Frank, is this. I think it's a, a satanic idea to take the minds off of Jesus Christ, right? Take the minds off of God. If simulation was real, Frank, would, why would these global elites try to clone themselves or be cloning themselves? If simulation theory was real, why did, jo- why did Rockefeller have nine uh, heart replacement surgeries? Why are they doing all these things to, you know, for, for beauty and to try to stay alive forever and ever? I think it's horse crap. I think they're just trying to uh, take everybody's focus off of God, the main source. Well, I mean, it's control. Uh, whatever they're, what they're, I mean, they, they want people's focus off of anything that is independent, whether it be um, leading a, a life where God is a, is a, a big part of it or, or whatever. It's just control. And, and everything that they have pursued in the past that shows that they have an interest in immortality and trying to soak everything, everything they can out of this physical experience to where we are going right now with AI and transhumanism and getting people in it, you know, inducted into that, those digital worlds deeper and deeper and deeper until they lose some kind of connection to the natural world. That's something that has just... It's just been on the game plan there, and uh, it's technically a distraction. I, just to distract the people's mind off of of, of a reality. Oh, you, you well, I, I mean, I it, at the at the very base of it, yes, it is a distraction, but it is also it's immersion, uh, and and you divest, yes. you divest, you divest from one world, and you invest in a new one, which is a, uh, a digital, but that, that just, uh, that goes outside of the bounds of, of what my, my question is, is, is if you needed to test, if you need to test the place you are in right now, how would you test reality to prove that you're not in a matrix? Like the totem that Leonardo DiCaprio used in Inception. He spin, he spin the top, if the top never fell, he knew he was in the dream. How would you test reality to know 100%, okay, here I am, I'm here. Or something's wrong. I guess that would just be the Holy Spirit within you. You know, if you're going to do something right, you feel it's a good, a good feeling within. If you if you know something's wrong and you can do something wrong, you feel that it's wrong within. So the answer would be from within. Is what my answer would be. Okay, so that would just be an internal barometer for Frank from New Jersey, and I I appreciate the yeah. call, Frank. Thank you, bud. Take yeah. care. Thank you. Yes, uh, hey, they want us. They want us taken away from the whole. The whole point there is to have a everything that is a traditional human experience, and it's, and of course a spiritual life is one of those things. Is to be taken away and to be given something else that it could be a constant investment into what new identity you can create and how you can present yourself in a in a uh, in a in a world. That is not like the natural one, um, but if I can have you guys, have you guys think about that. Let me know. You know, some people, for example, when people talk about lucid dreaming, they say, "How do you take control of your dreams?" That uh, a lot of people go and try to find their hands in the dream to be able to grab control of a dream and be able to steer it and to be lucid in that state. Um, what kind of a trick would you employ to be able to say, "Okay, well, this isn't." Um, this isn't real, especially when things start getting so indistinguishable 
from what is real. Let's take a call from Ryan. What's going on, Ryan? Hey, Ryan. Uh, this is Larry from out here in Phoenix. Oh, what's going on, Larry? Yeah, I'd like to... Uh, I've been watching this dude on... Uh, I watch out every day, but uh, from this global spiritual revolution media, and they talk about cloning. I don't want to take out too far off the subject, but... Uh, it's got stuff to do with the forest fires in Canada and the smoke coming to okay, well, we can, New York and stuff. Well, do you, have, do you have anything for the topics tonight? That is a little bit too far outside of what I wanted, wanted yeah. to discuss. Do you have anything for, for tonight? I, I, think it's, I think it's pretty intriguing. Do you don't have any uh, idea? If yeah. You, okay, go, how do you test? Re- oh, never mind. Uh, what do you think? Well, could I give you this uh, address and y'all look it up on uh, sure. on uh, YouTube? It's email global spiritual. Right. Email it to me at quite uh, frankly podcast at gmail dot com. Well, I mean, I'm I'm on uh, on YouTube TV, and I got a computer, but I don't use it. Okay. Well, um, quickly give me what it is. Well, it's about it's about what they're putting in the water and. Uh, all that uh, poison they're burning up in Canada, and smoke and uh, stuff like that. What's the name of the What's the name of the video, real quick? It's cloning a global spiritual revolution media group. Okay, cloning the Luciferian project, but it's they go into a lot of stuff that. I think once you start getting into it, you you can't stop watching. Okay, well now that I have you speaking it onto the record, I'll be able to go back and take a look, it, and uh, and and people at home can watch too if they would like. Thank you so much for the call, uh, Larry. You said, yeah. Okay. Uh, thank uh, yeah. thank Frank and y'all y'all for what you do, man. Oh, Larry, it is Frank. Uh, it is Frank. You were talking to me the whole time. Oh, really? Yeah. Sorry about that. No, uh, no, no, it's all right. But thank you for the thank you for the video suggestion. And, uh, and yeah, but I, I thank you to really be interested in this. It was streamed six days ago, and uh, it, it the dude okay. gives uh, the government I, numbers and all kind of stuff. I get I get you there. Thank you so much, Larry. I appreciate it. All thank right. you. Bye bye. All right, let's take another call. Let's take another call. What is it, Deborah? What's going on? Hey, this is Jonathan. Jonathan. I got everybody's names wrong these days, but what's going on, Jonathan? I was just calling in about your, uh, your topic of the uh, what, how I would tell if I was in the same reality or not. Oh, I can't wait to hear it. Calling in to say that I would immediately tune into your show <laughs> and check <laughs> and see if you're still there. And that would be my solidifying well, But wait, 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 wait. Remember, now, now, Jonathan, have you have you watched Inception? Yeah. Okay. So you know that when the totem is, you know, used or visualized or something by somebody else, it's just, it, there's something off when it's not with its rightful owner. So for, if this show is your totem, uh, and and you watched you tune okay listen I got to tune into Frank at seven o'clock I just got to make sure that this is really real. What is there anything about this show in particular that you would look for to be the exactly the same? That if if like, I don't know like what about this show different would be the biggest red flag that something's off? I don't know. Would you be able to even come up with something? 
the first thing that would tell me that everything is off is that every call before me fully understood the question and they answered the proper phone line. <laughs> you mean you, if something is off if everybody that called in had the uh, had their speakerphone off and if they knew what we were and talking about. Premise to your, to your question. <laughs> that's that's good. That's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You have a great show, and I love the topics. I tune in every day, and uh, thank you for, for everything you do. Oh, Jonathan, thank you so much. And you know what? Tell Deborah I said hello, too. Uh, definitely, definitely. All right. Take care. There you go. <laughs> I like that one. I love that one. That was good. That was very good. Let's take a call from Joy. What's going on, Joy? Hey, Frank. Hi. Just jumped in towards the end of this. I was out somewhere. Um, but I heard you talking about how to know if you're in reality or not. Yeah. What, what is your like, totem? How would totem? Um, I'm thinking it's, it does say something in the Bible about even those that are really seeking God and stuff for a long time will be in danger of being like deceived with all the cray cray that's going to be going on. Um, and so something about not living by sight and by what you can hear and see and that kind of a thing. So um, I had two thoughts. One was to tune in to, quite frankly, and see if it's still on. And then the other thing would be, like, when you're a kid, sometimes a parent will have a code word with you where they say, don't ever tell anybody this word. And it's like, if somebody says, I'm here to pick you up because your dad told me to pick you up or your mom told me to pick you up they got to know that word because they wouldn't know it. Mm. And then I'm kind of thinking in my head that kind of goes along with though, you're still trusting in something you're hearing or seeing. Um, but like if you're around somebody that you know, that you have that kind of a bond with, it's like, tell me about the story about your sixth birthday party or tell me what happened the day you turned 21 or Something you guys would only know the story of, or, or something, or a, but, uh, or some sort of a, a sort of some sort of a pendant or a birthmark, or I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah I, I understand what you're saying there. It's, it's or interesting. like a rock or something that you picked up on a special occasion or something that would that rock still be there if it's a reality thing, or like you said, a pendant, something you always wear, something like that, um, birthmarks, you know, all that stuff's valid, and it's like. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I but appreciate I, that, Joy. That 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 is that is good, and I wanna I, I wanna keep I wanna keep uh, expanding on this one because it's it's something yeah, that I think you know it's outside it's outside of the the whole totem thing. It's talking about the simulation again. Um, yeah. That's not something we're going to be. This generation is going to be willingly giving themselves over to, but in they say in the course of the next century. Um, where we're talking about 80, 90 years down the line where most people in this audience are not going to be around. Um, And and Frank, if people uh, just had a conversation tonight with somebody about this idea of, well, how would they get people to buy into the social credit score, that kind of stuff? Well, if you tell people we'll erase your debt totally if you sign up for X, Y, or Z, whatever this thing is, um, or this thing that you're describing, people will willingly do that if it means they're not going to have to pay off something or you know if they can get totally out of debt it'll seem like such a deal so oh yeah anyway have a good night hon thank you so much great great call there you have it uh let's take a call from william william how are you 
Good. How are you? I'm all right. Hold on one second. Yeah, there we go. Uh, I still hear myself. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I turned it off. Sorry. Okay. So go ahead, yeah, William. I, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. Um, I had an uncle that was um, 40 years Navy. He was um, in, uh, like, the highest level of security. And he worked, uh, well, I'm not going to tell you where he worked, but anyway, well, I, I will. He's dead now, so um, he, he died a few years ago. Um, but he worked at the uh, Naval Research Lab there on the Potomac in uh, D.C., and he took me over there one time, and the, it, it's a 40-acre piece of land, and it has the smartest people in the universe. I mean, like there was one big tall guy, his name was Lurch. He had six doctorates in mathematics. And all the NSA, all the alphabet letter people all used to come over there anytime they got something. As a matter of fact, my uncle created the um, the uh, microphone for the jet pilots so it would make, it would hear nothing but um, voice. Anyway, he told me back in 1979 I said, Doug, oh, shit. <laughs> so anyway, I, so right. I told him, I, I said, all these pictures that we get from satellites, and they're all blurry and pixelated, and I said, surely y'all have, because all he did was satellite to submarine um, communication stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, and I said, how can, how can these things not be... Um, like better than that. Are you are, like, are, when you well, say Bill, wait wait hold on wait before before you get to the conclusion there. Are when you say these things yeah. are, are you talking about for example satellite mapping of the seafloor? Yeah, of, of the and ocean images okay. of whatever's like right. Google Earth and stuff now. All right, go ahead. And so he said, "Bill, and this is in 1979." He says Bill, we can read the writing on a baseball, but we don't let all that out. Hmm. And, and so can you imagine what they have now? Oh, that, you know, that's, I mean, that's what just, I don't understand why. If you're saying this is 1979, and I believe it. I, yeah. I, I, when people say that the, the ocean, the ocean floor is... I mean that we've explored more of space than we have of our own ocean floor. I don't. I mean, I can see why if we didn't have it's bullshit. But I mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's got to be something. Now I understand that you can map the floor, but I'm talking about being able to see what's actually to, to contextualize what is down there. Whether you you need to locate a submarine that is uh, you know paralyzed or a shipwreck, or if they're looking for some sort of a uh, a treasure or a base or whatever the hell it is, I just can't believe. I can't believe that a couple of miles they, of water. They is. have it. They have it, and it's in on the Earth. It's lidar, and in the um, ocean, I forget the name, uh, what they call it in the ocean, but they can put like it, he was a submariner in the Navy, and they would go down in submarines, and he would go down into Mariana Trench. I mean, we're talking, you know, uh, twenty miles under the earth i mean so that submersible would have been trashed way before that and he and they have and back 
in his day, they had, um, they would pull up pictures because um, he showed me if he had some few, a few printed copies of pictures that they took of the Mariana Trench, and it was like freaking looking at a Polaroid. I'm like, what the hell? And you said your uncle physically went down there in a sub? Yes. He uh-huh. went, Wow. He went down there. And, and what did he tell you about the Mariana yeah. Trench in particular? Did he tell you anything about that, that little journey? He said it's dark as shit, and we had to put lights on to see anything other than, you know, just going by navigation, you know, because they were serious navigation um, freaks in, in the subs, you know, because they could navigate with not even a compass nearly, you know. That must and, be. But, but he said there's some strangest beings down there that you've ever seen. Beings? And you mean you're meaning... You, when you say beings, what do you mean by beings? Well, that's, that was that was my next question to him. I said, beings, like, are you talking about, like, you know, crazy-looking sharks and stuff like that? And he was like, uh, no. He said, there's other things unlike animals down there. And I'm like, and they, but he wouldn't talk about it. He was a mason as well, so um, I don't know. Um, it's it, They're all integrated into each other Mm -hmm. and the military and the Illuminati and the Masons. And, um, I mean, I, I, he and I, he was like my second father and, um, this guy, he was my mom's brother and he was like a freaking genius about so many things. He could fix any damn thing there was wrong with anything. Well, it's too bad you couldn't get and, a little bit more. Obviously, he's, he's gone now, but it's too bad you couldn't get a little bit more out of him because I have so many questions. Yeah. And maybe we have some some people out there who can talk a little bit more directly about Deep Sea and what really, how much of what we are told about how we, we, we don't understand what is, what is at the bottom of the ocean. Is that only for consumer uh, consumer level um, technologies is that only yeah. for? I mean, I don't know. I mean, even if it's just the one percent of people who want to go down, and uh, we have billionaires, we have you know five billionaires that are in a a little tube of toothpaste right now that is that are stuck somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean, and they wanted to go and check out the wreck of the Titanic, which is quickly becoming a orange red stain at the bottom of the ocean at this point, and um, you know. Well, why didn't he go down in a nuke sub? I, I mean, he's got the money. He could have paid for one to take him down there. That's what my uncle ran in. And they can go to, like I said, the Mariana Trench. And it's like, why did you go in this freaking... I don't know. I don't know, <laughs> William. It's a, it's a great question. And thank you for the call. If you have anything else, ever, you just please email the show if you can't get through. This is a wonderful call. Yeah. Thank you. Alright. Yeah, yeah, that was wonderful. Um, um, on that, yeah, is it? Just, they talk about innovation, but if you're talking about five billionaires or a couple of billionaires and their sons or whoever their plus one was, they couldn't get into anything other than an experimental, an experimental capsule that is being, uh, you know, run and and uh, I don't know, controlled by PlayStation by Logitech. Video game controllers? I that doesn't. You can just say, "Hey, well, it's it, it's it's an attempt at doing something nobody else has done before." 
uh, putting your mark on a certain kind of technology, making it a little bit more accessible. But is it accessible if every if the if the the passengers inside are all billionaires? Now that is the top levels of the one percent in our in our world. You know, I mean, there are plenty of people in this audience who probably know a billionaire personally. You know. Does that make them a controller of all things in the world? Absolutely not. They can do things that we don't. They can take uh, vacations at any time. They can go experience any place through any mode of travel all over the world at a drop of a hat. They can do that, but maybe not Antarctica or anything like that, which I heard that this guy, one of the guys that's in this little submarine was part of an Antarctic uh, journey with Buzz Aldrin. So I... Uh, this is not a world control situation when you talk about the kind of levels of so I I think outside of that there's somebody out there who has an extensive map the way that Google Earth can zoom in on your street on your town and you're not just looking at road maps that you're actually looking at contextualized pictures that you could essentially go I can go to Belgium right now I can go to Belgium right now on Google Earth with you all uh, drop myself onto any street over there and walk around on the street and look at uh, look at the look at you know people with blurred out faces walking around their cars parked in the streets cafes roundabouts monuments all that stuff we can be walking in the street it's a virtual walk through these streets you're telling me that of all the things that's possible and all the things that we know is is uh is possible in advance that we're not told about that they don't have a contextualized map of the of the floor of the ocean That we go on with this idea that, hey, you know, we've only ex- uh, explored 5% of the oceans. said, so, yeah, maybe we have. I haven't explored any percent of the oceans. I haven't been to the bottom of anything. So, uh, who the hell knows? All right, 829, we'll take some more of your calls on the Titanic thing. And especially simulation. If you have thoughts about simulation theory in general, like many of our uh, callers have already outside of the totem question let me know because if you think that it would be impossible for people to create different simulations to different realities pretty much creating a multiverse inside of an immersive digital world if we get to the point where everybody is looking a little bit more realistic than the um than what they've set up on meta right now then i mean please take note right now that we are already living in in a space a collective space where many different different simulations are being lived out at once climate doom simulation there are people out there who wake up and go to sleep every day with the with the doomsday clock to a climate meltdown being a very real thing there's a gender fluidity simulation right now it's a very real thing for people race war simulation MAGA is even a simulation in its own right. I mean, this is all happening. People are living very, very different lives with very, very different interpretations of what's going on around them. The events going on around them, real or imagined, we're all occupying the same space. Now, you go and you digitize that, and you're talking about 
a little bit more of what we're doing right now. So it's totally possible. I see it. And um, I want to hear what more you have to add to that in the last 30 minutes that we have on the show. So don't go anywhere. We will be right back. I don't like them putting chemicals in the water that turn the freaking frogs gay. Do you understand that? said well you're cheery me i'm always like this oh yeah sure you're certainly not gonna be when can i see you're you bad company <laughs> can't wait oh you suck now's your chance well, you Call can be a funny wiener can't you i'm important Tomorrow. you want to be me don't you quite a figure quite a figure and no Looks like we have a problem. Yeah, leave it to me. Okay, we're gonna squeeze him. Hadouken. Hadouken to your face. Harubububur. Are you wearing a big boy shirt? (laughs) Yeah, I probably never will again. (laughs) Help. I'm gonna barf. And when the day is done, I like to watch, quite frankly. (laughs) Once you start watching, quite frankly, forever will it dominate your destiny. Consume you it will, like the gallon of milk I just drank. (laughs) This feeling in the pit of my stomach. The nearest washroom I must find. And while in the washroom, watch quite frankly, I will. Contractions, I am feeling. Got one from Lauren over the break. 
Lauren said, I kind of have one, a totem. I usually, I'm wearing my glasses in my dreams. And if I am, I always end up losing my glasses, but I can still seem to find them, which I cannot in real life, as you know. Because Lauren is very, very visually impaired without her her glasses. So that's an interesting one. I did not know that, that she's usually wearing her glasses in her dreams. And uh, if I am, I always end up losing my glasses, but I can still seem to find them in the dreams. So I guess if she can't find her glasses, then she's awake. Is that it? That's a terrible totem. That's that's really terrible. <laughs> oh, it's real life. I can't see anything and I can't find my glasses. Just uh, just on on uh, on all fours, feeling around on the floor like Mr. Magoo. That's how you know it's all real. <laughs> Nothing works out. <laughs> oh boy, but um, I can see that. I can see that being a thing. Oh, I know how it's real life. Nothing goes my way. <laughs> Oh, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. See, not seem. She's correcting me right now. My bad. I'm usually wearing my glasses in my dreams, and if I am, I always end up losing my glasses, but I can still see well enough to find them, which I cannot in real life. Okay. Yeah. Well, I guess that is something. In real life... When your your vision is really blurry and you got something going on, you need you need corrective lenses and all that stuff. If you are seeing clear as a bell and you're without any of that stuff, you can you can assume that you're probably dreaming. Actually, that's a wonderful totem. I guess they both were good. They're both were good, but um, this is a little bit clearer. All right, let's take a call from uh, Dave. What's going on, Dave? Hey Frank! Hey, great what's, to hear your voice. Great to have you on. I'll so, take simulation theory for a thousand. Go ahead, simulation theory for a thousand. What is your thoughts on simulation? Oh, I, I wish I can give you a a reverse Jeopardy question on this one, but I wasn't prepared. <laughs> go ahead, Dave. Give me your thoughts. I, I think this. I've been giving it a lot of thought. I think. I think the trouble with um, with testing for the presence of the matrix is that almost invariably you're doing so from within the confines of your own ego so so as long as you're operating from ego to some extent you're operating from inside the matrix and you're mm. operating from a set of inputs that come directly from the matrix the only way i can think of to really reliably test to see if you're in the matrix or not is to if you will remove your oculus rig the only way I know to do that reliably from where we are now is psychedelics. See, there is a little something. Inside, we're going to use the Inception model. Uh, you know, the, the the spinning top was something because it, it uh, there's something that there's something unnatural that happens to an otherwise physical object, something that could um, that can actually give you really strong evidence of where your ego is keeping the top spinning inside of a simulation or where the natural laws of physics is going to eventually bring the top down to its starting location. 
when you talk about going and bringing psychedelics into it, I mean, we're, I mean, you have to, you have to first go. You have to reliably be able to, yeah. <laughs> first go find the simulation. Yeah. <laughs> it's the only way I reliably know of to get beyond ego to a, a, a 30,000 foot perspective. But how do you well. know if the substance you're taking is not an imagined substance? If you're already in a world where if you think it, you can create it. And take See, that's that's true. Without prior experience, it wouldn't work. That's why I say something like an object, something like the totem, the totems that the, the physical totems that they present us in the movie Inception. I can see the logic behind that because that is actually a tool to separate your ego from physical realities that would that would dictate how that thing behaves in a natural world. And um, right, yeah, so. I, I understand that there's probably some kind of a psychedelic aspect to it, but the whole thing is, the whole idea is psychedelic. I mean, being in a virtual world is a psychedelic experience in itself. So um, you would first have to find a way to, Absolutely. you know, how do you bring the, the substances into that world in the first place? And then uh, how, do you, how, do you, how do you use that experience to figure out how you can break free from it? What if it just enhances the um, the... I don't know. What if it just enhances your time inside the virtual world? I, I don't. I'm trying to think of going on a uh, an acid trip inside of an Oculus, and, and we're not talking about just sitting down in your living room with an Oculus on at this point. We're talking a little bit more right. of a permanent state, almost like in the Matrix, where you're inside of your little tube. And well, that's that's how I, I kind of perceive the persona. That we develop, that we grow over time, that we that we grow from childhood. That that to the extent I don't know how much you've 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 read or thought about hot versus cold cognition, and the whole idea of you know the the tens of thousands of different decisions and uh, processing uh, processing pieces that we do per minute. That's just sort of automatic and peripheral. That we don't think about we don't really bend our mind to it it just happens it's part of how we move forward and who we are hmm. and as we develop and go to school and, and uh we get we learn things in school from our parents and from our surroundings you know in our context it all becomes this this per- persona that is still separate from who we are essentially uh, so I, i'm kind of using oculus rig as a metaphor for that too I I think it's an, an, an it's really good. I don't know too much about the hot and cold as you're you're talking about there. So I was really taking that one in, and um, I I really appreciate your your contribution to it tonight. Is there anything else that you want to throw out there? This is a great call. No, but I I really I, and I hear what you're saying, and that's yeah, that's that's a it's a real stumper, you know, because the way you put it to begin with really kind of froze me and made me terrified. I thought, wow. Um, because okay, think about it conversely. Think about being on a psychedelic trip and, and sort of and not being able to come out of it. Um, there's that kind of just that horrific. What if you didn't know? You know? <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm terrified by the idea of thinking that um, we may all be in a lab. You know. <laughs> Listen, I, I have not. I'm not a. Um, I don't have a lot of experience under uh, the you know uh, under my belt with um with drugs 
I have only ever smoked weed. Now, I have smoked weed, and I have taken edibles, and I have gotten myself into situations where I lost. I, you, you know, you lose so many, so many uh, connections to what is a normal day-to-day experience where you lose yourself inside of that high and some people can handle it better than others. And me, I mean, I mean, obviously you, you survive every time, especially if you're in a safe right. environment. You're not, you're not going, uh, you're not walking on, you know, the walls. Uh, you're not walking, you know, doing tightrope against a uh, against the wind from one skyscraper to the next. If you're just home chilling out, and you eat way too much and you're edible, and you just start losing complete sense of yourself, and you actually are its floating consciousness in the room that is somehow a part of the couch, a part of the floor, and you don't know what the hell's going on. I mean, that's that's kind of freakish in itself because many times, even though you know you've done it before and you'll probably do it again afterwards, you really think it's never going to end, and that that's it. You have you have moved on to another place. You are a couch now. You were once a person, and now <laughs> and now you're a couch. I mean that that's fucked up in itself for a couple of hours. No, it's correct. It's that's when you're discovering uh, you're discovering why why THC is classified as a hallucinogen at that point. You know, um, I, I probably I smoked pot for decades before I really you know realized why it was called a hallucinogen and it took it took eating it for the first time and you know eating a good quantity of it like you're talking about and, uh, yeah no that's it especially yeah. eating it's a <laughs> totally different it's a totally different experience and um and well, yeah maybe another topic to explore another night uh versus you know sort of reality in the matrix i've got a lot of experience there and with post-traumatic stress as well and um well we uh, can do that i, I did i essentially brought myself back from uh from a long struggle with post-traumatic stress with the help of with the help of counselors but um put myself through my own my own schedule of uh psychedelic experience to do what i i I called it the humpty dumpty experience well you know i did a series of repeated i called them promethean or you know herculean uh doses to uh, kind of liquefy the ego and rebuild. Uh, so it's a process of breaking down and rebuilding uh, the psyche. Some of the things, you know, depending on the trauma, some things go so deep they're just not going to come up unless you create the conditions for them to come up. See, but the, what um, you're bringing up right now, Dave, really goes back to the, the, first, the first point of the call, and that is... I mean, th- these are all conditions that can be created and things uh, uh, can, uh, things that can be uh, used as, as a tool to really pick apart what is already um, very capable. We're all very capable of creating inside of our minds things that, that don't let us go, ways that we, we perceive reality, anxieties, anything like that that we carry around with us where... Um, you know that's that is just a, a portable prison in many ways, and uh, oh, we can leave we can leave the house in the morning just to go about our day and go to the bank and go to the uh, you know go to the coffee shop or whatever the hell it is, and we can be racked with anxiety about one thing or another that we got to do or you know a, a full schedule, and you know you're almost on autopilot, and this is in the real world where we still have a little bit of uh, technology in our back pocket as, as a phone, but when you talk about taking a human the human species that is already so prone to these types of 
thoughts and prone to these types of conditions and you put them into a virtual world that is indiscernible from a natural one holy hell that is uh that that opens up so many opportunities for science fiction writing that can keep you up at night but i thank you for the call dave this is a great one Thank you, and I, yeah, I hope to, uh, I hope and look forward to talking to you again some other time. I hope so too. I think we should do another night for psychedelic revelations. I don't have any to give you, but I will once again be the guy over here collecting all of your stories. Psychedelic, Jen. That's it. Hello, John. You there? Hey, what's up, buddy? How you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. What's on your mind? Uh, just a quick question: As a fellow New Yorker, just asking, what will it take? What's the final thing? The final straw to get the fuck out of New York. What will it like, take? What is it going to be? Oh, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I already we're, we're already plotting. Um, we're already plotting things. It's it, it's really about family and it's really about time invested in 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 work and the studio and there's just too much invested and I have to see a lot of things through and I am um, I'm too close with family. I have a lot of people, a lot of friends who were able to leave New York and reunite with family who have already flown the coop and gone to the Carolinas or Florida or Tennessee or something, and I'm jealous of them because if that were the case, uh, fuck, I mean, th- th- there'd be nothing to even think about. So um, at this point, it's, um, it's, it's uh, I mean, that's it. There's, there's no real debating. It's, it'll be one day, one day soon, I think, <laughs> but I don't... I don't know. It's it's it's. I don't have my my bags packed right now, John. No, I'm, I hear you. It's getting close, though, man. Getting I know. Close. I know. <laughs> I know. And then again, what is it? You know, what tidal wave of what? And where is it, is it going to follow us? It is. It is. I, I think that one way or another, the uh, this, there's there's no place on earth unless I go live in the, the top of a mountain with the Grinch. There's going to be. No, you're right. The, you're right, man. But I'm with you. <laughs> I, so so you're from New York originally, and you flew the coop. No, I'm still stuck here working, family, same thing. I'm just waiting, you know. I keep telling the wife, I'm like, hey, you know, it's getting it's getting pretty bad. You know, the next thing it's like, all right, we got and the gas stoves, and then it's going to be what? What, what? what is it going to take before we're like, hey, well, I got. Go. I'll tell you this. I, I'm not in the. Uh, I'm not a contractor. I'm not in the architecture business. Uh, to, to think about developing real estate in New York uh, sounds like a nightmare at this point. I would definitely go to much greener uh, pastures so that I won't have to won't have to worry about gas stoves and all this other nonsense uh, going on in the state. So I, I'm happy that all I'm doing is is broadcast. But um, but I, I you know, are you waiting? Are you you you're waiting for a uh, retirement years to show up? Because I know a couple of friends who are that's what really holding them. A lot of people are like, well, Frank, I, you know, I I'd love to follow you wherever, but I still got 12 to 15 years left at my my job here or there, and and that's really what's hanging over people's heads. And it's another thing that that New York has to uh, has to know is going against them. Everybody is waiting for their retirement, and then they're taking the retirement pensions and they're leaving the state with it. So it's um, that's the big thing. A lot of people are waiting for the big day to retire, and then others are just waiting for I don't know. Family, yeah, it's, it's, it's bittersweet, right? It's like, well, got older family members that don't want to leave. It's like, well, when they're gone, but at the same time, that means they're gone. You know what I mean? Yep. So <laughs> I know it is what it is, but it's getting crazy. Well, whatever you do, stay happy because the the time that we're over here 
in uh, in the Big Apple. Uh, it, it, sh- it should still be the best times of our lives, one way or another. And then we, when we, when you find that opportunity to act, we just got to do it. That's right. Keep doing what you do, brother. Love you. Thank you, man. Man, thank you, and all the best all right. to your family. Take care. You too. Bye. All right. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot, lot to consider. Lot to, and I am very, very. Um, like for example, what's his name? Uh, Greg Carlwood of the Higher Side Chats. He just made the the cross country move from Los Angeles, which he's been there building his show up for the longest time, from Los Angeles to to Florida. Now I was talking to him about that, you know, because he had a he has another baby showing up and making the move to Florida and all that stuff. And I'm thinking, wow, you're bringing your to to bring your income to a st- state like California to a state like Florida. I think about bringing my income, no matter what it is, from a state like New York to a state like Tennessee. And uh, but but you know he is reuniting with family. He's got I think parents in in Florida. Does um, does Greg like that? Is just incredible. Nothing even to think about. Mel Kay, Mel Kay and Rob, they're leaving New York, um, but their children are gr- are grown. And uh, they're just doing their thing. It's that that's a that seems very freeing. I'm not in that spot right now, and I'm sitting in inside of a major investment of time, money, and there's just a lot in here. I'm not I'm not willing to let go of just yet. All right, let's take a call. Uh, King, what's going on with you? Oh, hey, hey, hey. All you asshole faces calling in. I'm going to show you how easy this is. Go ahead, Frankie. Ask me the question. Okay. So how would you know? What would you, what, how would you test reality to prove that you're not in a dream? Down a fifth of wild turkey 101. Boom. Done. See how easy that is, you assholes? Frankie didn't ask you for a soliloquy or your life story or your conspiracy theories, you assholes. Stop wasting his time. Do what he tells you. So, so, so even a dummy like me understands that I answered the question. So that Sorry, is, that's actually pretty clever. You would just drink a massive amount of liquor, and you wouldn't be drunk. I never am, anyway. Oh yeah, I know. My you... tolerance is extremely high. Okay. You saw me in the studio. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so that was it. There you go. This is a gallon of. Uh, so of my... vodka. No, not a gallon, just a fifth. What, so my, what was the name? Totem? The Totem. My Totem is Wild Turkey 101. See, assholes, that's all you had to do when you called in, you dummies. Instead of wasting my boy's time. They kept me on. They, they kept me on. Say again. King, they, they kept me on air for two hours, and all they had to say was Wild Turkey 101. Here I am, two hours gone, and all they had to say was that. That's all they had to say was that. And guess what, assholes? It's not just me you annoyed. The reason I called in is because you annoyed the chat room, and they begged me to do this. All right? But I also, when I see my boy Frankie being done wrong, well, I have to intervene as well. Well, I appreciate you. So, not a problem. So, asshole faces out there, before you call in, consider this your call screening... uh, Public service announcement, all right? Consider this a call screen of PSA indirectly. I should have had you, I should have had you, um, 
I wish you had gotten through around, uh, what, what, what time would it have been? It would have been uh, 8.05 p.m. Then you would have been like the first caller in, and then from there, uh, nobody after you would have anything to say. Then what would yeah, I? Well, then what would I do for the whole hour after that? If you had, it would just be over. No, not, no, 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 no. Because if I was your first caller, I wouldn't have had to say all that. If I was the first caller, I would have answered the question, and the rest of the callers would have went, "Oh, okay, that's how you do it." Right. Okay. Well, listen, you. That's that, what I. Th- I wouldn't have had to go on this whole rant. If they hadn't have been stupid, you understand? Well, this if is... I was the first caller and you went, hey, King, so how do you fucking make sure you're still in reality? What's your totem? Well, Frankie, a fifth of Wild Turkey 101. Boom, done. So now the next person's like, oh, gee, I don't know. I eat a Snickers bar or I stick a dildo up my ass. Ooh, sorry. Or, or something. Yeah, I have a Snickers bar and I, didn't, I, didn't, I don't slip into a diabetic coma. That's how I know. So that's something like that. It's very simple, you motherfuckers. Well, thank you for the... You have retroactively call screened everybody, and I appreciate it. Thank you so much, King. Have a wonderful evening. Anytime, sir. All right, take care. At the end of the show, he call screens everybody who already called in. Maybe that's what we should do. Every night, every night that there's a major call-in topic, King calls in and, um, and screens everybody in the last five minutes. All right. 8.56. Now, here's what I have from the network side of things. Abe says that we're going to play the Art Bell Simulation Theory episode after the credits tonight on QuiteFrankly.tv, so you get over there right now. I'm going to read all through my super chats, and then we have to do our badass. And we will do an Inception watch party for Rabbit Hole Wednesday tomorrow night. So after the show tomorrow night, which is going to end around 8 o'clock because I have band practice, we will then do a Rabbit Hole Wednesday, and it's a two-and-a-half-hour movie, so it's probably better that we start that at 8 o'clock anyway, and it ends at 10.30 instead of 1 in the morning. But um, that's what we have going on tonight for two, uh, Tuesday. It'll all be related to what we've been discussing this evening, and I, uh, I like that. Now let me do your Super Chats, and then we're going into our badass for the evening. Smelly Weasel says, I saw the Titanic on the 100-year anniversary in 3D IMAX. Totally didn't cry. Sad to hear that more people have been lost in that part of the ocean. It scared the hell out of me. I did IMAX. The Maritime Center in Norwalk, Connecticut did a uh, a Titanic IMAX experience in like 1993. 1993, 1994, some, somewhere around there. And we went, and it was, it's, it's breathtaking. It's, first of all, it's IMAX. And it's all about the, the, the first expedition down there that found the Titanic, Alvin and JJ. That, that's, that's the submarine and the little, the little remote control submersible that went around it. And it doesn't matter how many times, how many books on the Titanic I've, I've collected over all throughout my childhood. This is prior to the movie, by the way. All the books I collected on the Titanic uh, prior to uh, and throughout my childhood, no matter how many things I have seen, it is always like, it is always one of the most scary things to see the bow of the Titanic emerge from the darkness. It is the most ghastly thing. It's creepy. It is some creepy shit. It really is. And... um. So yeah, uh, we'll we'll see. 
We'll see what we can do on this subject. We'll see what we can do on this subject going forward. But April, that was the anniversary. We already did that. Uh, let me see. In the... In the Rumble Rants, we're all caught up there. And on Pilled, Stostube, thank you, J2Dank, Jesse8113, Tripossum says, hey, Frank, did you hear the Biden sending a train to find the lost Titanic submarine? Uh, yeah, well, I would. I would. A train, that would be a good one. Find it right away. River Pike says, I hope they find the sub. Hopefully they are still breathing. Well, uh, if the sub has not been crushed, if there wasn't something that breached the hull and instantaneously killed everybody on board, um, then, I mean, they have until they have until Thursday. 40 hours. I mean, that must just be a nightmare. If they're still alive and they are in the position, exact, the exact position that they say that they're in, it must, it, that's just the greatest nightmare I can think of. It's pretty much getting buried alive. It's much worse than being buried in a, in a coffin six feet under. I mean, you're in a slightly bigger coffin, two and a half miles. I mean, it's just, that's just terrible. Sean Joe says the guy pitching for the Mariners at the stadium, George Kirby, he went to Rye High School. Yes, I know. My buddy coached him in Little League. We all actually, um, we were watching his debut against the Mets last year, and I was texting with my buddy Matt, and uh, not the Matt you know, but we all we all coached Little League at the same time, and um, so we were, we were paying attention to George Kirby, and I, I really, I mean, he's, I think he's got great stuff. Great stuff. But yeah, he's right from next door. Uh, Paulie9363 says, gold pills for your digital doppelganger. God forbid. Higher Ground says, get in touch with nature, fresh air, and vitamin D. Frank gives the best journal prompts. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, Stostube. Thank you, um, Sean Joe. Stostube says, my AI robot just walked out of the storage closet and told us that it was gay. Wow. Even the AI know that it's Pride Month. Chai Possum says, my totem is a copper penny with a cutout cross that I randomly found coming out of the grocery store. Hmm. And what is it? What, what is it? Do you flip it? Do you spin it? Is it almost like the, the spinning top? I guess the cutout cross, that would be it. If anything about the cross seems odd and off in some way. Robert Sarns, thank you so much. Higher Ground, great conversation. And Dark Heart Hemi says, to caller Dave, what if you introduce psychedelics and you find the existence you are in is the only one? Oh. See, now we're getting into the dream inside the dream. All right, it's time to do our badass of the night. Now, last night I forgot it. And I said we're going to do two badasses tonight. So I technically have two badasses. Let's do them. That's some badass shit. It's pretty badass. It is, and who are they? It's Orville and Wilbur Wright. Two badasses for you. Better known as the Wright Brothers, they were the first right-wing extremists in the, the United States. Uh, just kidding. Airplane wings, that is. Oh, God. Horrible jokes. What terrible. I have embarrassed myself tonight. 
This is a short thread by Patrick Butler on Twitter. The story of the Wright brothers is extremely underrated. Two self-educated cash-poor autists took a scientific approach to solving a problem that if you confess to studying might land you in a mental institution. Here are some highlights to consider. While the loser fake cell scientists at the time studied flight from the comfort of their homes, these brothers built a 600-pound machine to launch themselves off the sand dunes to discover firsthand every attempt risked death. Days before their first successful flight, the U.S. government blew $70,000 on a flying machine that crashed in seconds. Meanwhile, the, br the brothers spent the cumulative total of $1,000 over four years. Better results for less than one-seventieth the cost. Sound familiar? Being, told, uh, being total dorks in the multiple fields of mechanics, the brothers lugged massive cameras around to document their experiments. They were essentially the first Red Bull athletes combining content creation and extreme sports, except they did it for free with no fanfare. My favorite part of the story, says Patrick Butler, the scientists were wrong, the academics were wrong, the experts were wrong. A couple of guys with nothing but a classic self-taught education were right. They held themselves to the highest standards and for that reason they did the impossible. Just remember that one of the best parts about America is when someone, some schizo guys hell-bent on a particular vision, escape the academic mind virus, and change the world from their garage. If you enjoyed this thread, of course, he's making more. Uh, wonderful, wonderful. That is uh, Orville and Wilbur Wright, all of you out there in North Carolina. You know all about them. It is on your, I think it's still on your, your license plates of your cars. First in flight. So... Thank you guys for everything tonight. It's been a, it's been a, a true uh, joy to have you around. Go over to quitefrankly.tv. As soon as this show concludes, then we are going into something that will stimulate some more thought and uh, some more conversation in the chat room. I will be there before you know it. After I acquire my last meal of the day, I'll be hanging out with you all and seeing what you're all saying and enjoying the uh, the smooth the smooth tones of more late night talk radio from the past. So talk to you then. Talk to you later. Have a good night. That's not the thing I wanted to do. I'll catch you on the flip side. frankly is filmed before a live studio audience and now our super chatters starting with dragonfly sister on rumble and dragonfly sister again thank you so much to smelly weasel 23 and stostube on quite frankly superchat.com remember you can leave a super chat overnight and i will read it tomorrow morning at quite frankly superchat.com thank you to all of our wonderful friends on the pill that just released the scratching and to everybody else across all the several platforms that we are live, I'll see you tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. Don't be late. <laughs>